Our scripture reading this morning will be coming from the book of Job, uh, chapter number 1, verses 1 through 5. And it reads, There was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him, Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. And his sons would go and feast in their houses, each on his appointed day, and would send and invite their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. So it was, when the days of feasting had run their course, that Job would sin and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did regularly. Let's pray. Father, we just love you so much. You are awesome, God. You're a wonderful God. And, Lord, I thank you for the privilege of being uh, able to speak your word. I pray, Father God, that I would completely be uh, denied and that your will would come through me. Will you speak to the hearts of your people? They have come to hear a word from you. They didn't come to see Pastor Gary. They came to hear from you. So, Lord, I'm simply saying, Lord, use me. Use these lips of clay. Use this voice and glorify yourself, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This morning, I got a very interesting topic I'll be talking about. The title of my sermon is, When God Doesn't Make Sense. When God Doesn't Make Sense. I don't know how long each of you have been saved, but I've been walking now with the Lord for about 21 years or so. And there are all those times in my walk with God where I felt that I figured God out in a particular instance. I felt like I understood what God was doing. Like one time when I was first trying to purchase our home, some of you have heard the story. I remembered that I thought specifically I knew that God had spoke to me and said that this is the place that you're supposed to be. And uh, that wasn't the place I was supposed to be. How do I know? Because I'm not there. But there are those times in your life where where you're not going to be able to fully understand all that God is doing in your life. In other words, there's going to be times when God working your life in such a way that it does not make sense to you. You're trying to connect the dots. and You're trying to figure it out. How many of you have ever done that? You thought, God, why? God, why? Why, God? I don't understand. Can you please? And and it's, it's part of our human nature. Always want to know why, right? We want answers and we want them like yesterday. And When they don't come like yesterday, we have a tendency to get frustrated. Sometimes that frustration can turn into anger. 
And sometimes it will leave us even mad at God. But the reality of it is, is part of your walk and your experience with God, you're going to discover that God is going to ask of you a lot of things, and he's going to take you through a lot of things that you will not be able to make sense of it. There's a lot of things that happen in this world that I wish I had all the answers. There's sometimes I talk to people and as a pastor, and I, people look at me, they want answers. And there are times that I would actually say to them that I don't know. I would actually say to them that I don't know what the answer is. And I think that sometimes it's okay to say, I don't know. Because sometimes you feel like you always got to give answers to everything. But the more I live my walk and the more I live my life with God, I understand that God is bigger. He's more awesome. He's more knowledgeable. He's more awesome than I could ever imagine. And there's some things I just cannot ever, and, 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 and you will never be able to put God in a box. You just won't be able to do it. Because every time you try to do it, God always does things completely and totally opposite. But here's the question, though. What do you do when life does not make sense? Because it's going to come to you. I know nobody wants to hear that, but, but it's going to come knocking on your door sometimes when you're going to be saying, like, I don't understand this. And you love God. We're not talking about people that are just, you know, going through it. But we're talking about people that are really trying to serve God. It's going to be times when you're going to be like, God, can you please show me? Can can you make sense of this? What do you do when that time comes? What do you do when life doesn't seem fair? Life, it seemed like you've been dealt a raw hand. It felt like everybody feels like everybody else is succeeding and but 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 you have somehow been left and, and and it feels like this is not fair. You ever had kids tell you that? This ain't fair. We grew up and we said to God. But what do you do when you're confronted with that question? When you're confronted with with, with it doesn't seem fair. Because all of us are going to have to deal with that. What do you do when you, when you have feelings of abandonment? When you feel like you, you understand the word. You understand that the Bible says that Jesus says that I will never leave you nor forsake you. But you don't always feel like he's always there all the time. Can we preach where we live? See, there, there, there are times when, see, the, real, the super, super spiritual folks will always say, I know it got it all. God's with me. But, but let's be honest, there are those times in your walk with God, and, and you know what the word says, but you don't feel like what the word says. God, I know you said that you would never leave me nor forsake me, but I really feel like right now that you've kind of left me. What do you do when you go through that? What do you do when bad things happen to good people. I was listening in the other day and uh, about the events concerning 911 uh, when Osama bin Laden was caught and I saw one news article that said bin Laden rot in hell. I said, wow, that's some pretty strong language. 
because I'm a little bit conflicted. You understand what I'm saying? Because my, my Christian faith tells me to love my enemies, to pray for those. That's what my faith tells me. But when, 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 when people are making those kind of comments because there's this feeling of innocence that was violated and you took it from me. You took something from me that was very, very precious and I wish you hell. To those folks, life didn't make sense. I woke up this morning, I, 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 I kissed I kiss my husband and then I get a phone call a couple hours later, he's not coming home, he went down in a plane crash. I, you know, I, you know, we, we, we were about to get married. I mean, you know, and, uh, and all of a sudden, I just found out my, my, I just lost my wife. We, we, you know, we, we were in church. We was going on a missions trip. And, 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 and all of a sudden, the building fell down on my son's head. You get the picture. What do you do when life don't seem fair? What do you do? When all of that stuff happens to you, how do you process it? Because God is Lord over that too. And he has an answer for that. What do you do when you get tempted to give up? I mean, you've ever felt like giving up? I felt like giving up. <laughs> I felt like just saying, you know what, God? I, you know I told you one of the things that you learn very, very quickly in your walk with God, for those of you who are growing in your faith, that you're going to oftentimes have to operate contrary to how you feel. There's a reason why the Bible says the just shall live by faith. There's a reason why he says that. Because if you're going to make it, you've got to trust him. He says in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. You really think about that? God is saying, don't even try to figure this out. Just receive it. But he says, trust in the Lord. All. Every time I read that verse, I cringe. Because he says, it, 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 it radiates. I'm not going to tell you. Why? In your most profound moment of challenge, I'm going to call you to trust me when you cannot see because of the fog that is in front of you. You can't see. You're blind. You ever try to drive on a real foggy day and you can't see when visibility is poor? Sometimes in your walk with God, visibility will be very poor. You can't see. But what do you do when your visibility is poor? When God don't seem to make sense to you. And, and, and you're thinking to yourself, and you're, you're, you're crying at night, you're trying to figure out, and, 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 and God is not there. He's not in your ear telling you, okay, here, here, here's the plan. Can I hand this to you? He's, he's not saying, will you please take this? Sometimes God just don't say much of anything. Does that make you feel good? Nah. As you get to know God, you understand his ways. It's perfectly in sync with how he operates. 
Now, we, let's talk a little bit about Job. I'm going to try to do this message not too long today. I'm going to try. But I want you to think about this. Job, the Bible says in Job that Job was a, he was an upright man. He was blameless. Blameless mean that, that Job had his stuff together. Job wasn't a man that was accustomed to sinning against God. He lived a life of faith. This was a man that loved God. He was blameless. Bible says he was upright. That means he was a man of integrity. How many know it's hard to find people that would give you their word? When you find somebody you can trust, hang on to them. Because we live in a generation today where you can't trust people like you used to. But the people of God, it ought not be the case. Joe was a man of integrity. When Joe spoke, he's like, you know, you knew that Joe was going to come through with what he said. He feared God. Joe feared God. He didn't have a casual relationship. How many know when you fear God, it'll keep you from doing some stuff? Because you know that if you did it, you're accountable to God for your action. Job, he feared God. Scripture says that he hated evil. How many of you hate evil? I hate evil. I hate sin with a passion. I hate sickness. I hate disease. I hate everything that looks, smells like Satan. Hate it. Hate evil. I cringe. The Bible says, blessed are those who thirst and hunger for righteousness, for they shall be filled. I know my day is coming where I won't have to deal with this evil. Job, we're giving you a portrait of Job because I want you to understand something about Job. Job had some godly kids. He had 10 kids, seven boys, and three, three daughters. And, and the, Bible says, uh, the Bible says that they were oftentimes, that, they, that the daughters, the family would come together, they would eat together, and they would feast, and Job would sanctify them. Job had a, his family was a close-knitted group. They came together on a regular basis. But not only that, Job was wealthy. In fact, the Bible says that Job was the wealthiest man in the region where he was. He was the richest. So, he, so, so let's look at this guy again. Perfect. He's upright. He's, he fears God. He hated evil. His children was blessed. He had a big family. You know, how many know a big family is a blessing? Big family. Hallelujah. He was wealthy, and he did his devotions daily. Who well, passed away? You get that from? Well, the scripture says here that Job would get up and offer burnt offerings every morning. He would pray for his kids just in case they sin. He would offer sacrifices. The Bible says he did this on a regular basis. So here's a man that was committed to God, committed to the principles of God, who loved God. Who now? I want you to hear this who did no wrong, as far as we could tell. A man who, you, if you walk through the door, everybody will rise up and say a lot of respect. How many know when you walk with God, people respect you? You can always tell a godly person. Do you know, and, and they don't have to open them up just the way they carry themselves. Job was the kind of man you walk in, everybody stand up. Job was the kind of guy that, that all you brothers Follow that guy right there. That, that guy. He, that person. That's, that's it. Job was it. 
in Christian human terms, he was about as perfect as one can get. Well, Pastor, how can you say such a statement? Well, when God can single you out among all the peoples on the earth and call you blameless and upright, how I many know you're, ple- you're doing something? <laughs> if God was singling you out, that's like God saying, have you considered my servant Jaime blameless, upright man? For God to say that, oh, he had to shoot me right away because I my head to get so big. But I want you to get the picture. So, so here, here, Job, 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 good man, godly man. But, but, and so we would think that he was obviously blessed, right? I mean, he had everything going on. So, so we think that God's, going, God's just going to, going to lavish blessing on him and, and, and his life is going to be a, a bed of ease, you know, because he's a righteous man. But look what happens here to him. And look at Job chapter 1, look at verse 6 through 22. We're going to read this. I, didn't think it, I, I think I tried to think of a way we can get through it, but we're going to read it, and then I'll just pull out a couple of things. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth, from walking back and forth on it. And then you hear that about Satan? What is he doing? Walking to and from the earth. I mean, he <laughs> don't let me get started. I'll get to that in a second. I'm trying to continue myself. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? (laughs) There is none like him on the where, not the region, not the city, not the town. He said, there is none like Job on the entire earth. You think this guy is special? (laughs) A blameless and upright man who fears God and hates evil. So Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him and around his household and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hand and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. Or on his body. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Verse 13. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking. Now watch this. Now remember everything that Job had gone through. Now think about what I just told you about Job. Now watch what happens to him. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said the oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them when the Sabaeans raided them and took them away. Indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another also came and said the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another also came and said the Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels, took them away and yes killed the servants with the edge of the sword and alone and I alone have escaped to tell you verse 18 while he was still speaking another also came and said your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house and suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house and it fell on the on the young people and they are dead and I alone have escaped to tell you then Job watch this Job arose tore his robe and shaved his head and fell to the ground and worshiped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, 
and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all of this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Think about this. Let's, let's look at a few things on this. Um, Satan. The Bible's God asked Satan, Satan, where you been? Satan said, I've been walking up and down all throughout the earth, all up in it. Now understand something about Satan. Satan is not walking up and down the earth to come and encourage you in your walk, and to come and watch your son and daughters play football and say, great job. He's not there to make friends with you and say, how you doing? The Bible says that Satan comes, John 10, 10, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 1 Peter 5, 8 says he goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And so when the scripture says that Satan is walking around up and down earth, he is looking to destroy the lives of people, particularly those who have committed their life to Jesus. The Bible says he goes about like a roaring lion. In other words, he is actively looking to destroy you. He don't like you because you look too much like God. He don't like you. But God, God begins to brag on Job. God brags on Job. Have you considered my servant Job, an upright man and and, and, and you just get the feeling that, that God is just saying, God is so pleased with Job. God is so pleased with Job. We're talking about, about Satan's attack. God, God is pleased with him. And, and, and God says, God is so pleased with him. He said, have you considered? And, and, and what was Satan's response? Yeah. You know, in fact, I've been at his house. But see, you've got a hedge. You've been protecting him. I've been trying to get to him. Satan had already been there, done that. He said, but you got a hedge about him, around his possession, around his family. I can't get to him because you blessed him. See, that, see it goes to show, by side note, this is for free. See, there's a reward in obedience to God. I believe it's part of our natural inheritance that when we walk with God, that there's a blessingness that come over our life. Amen. I mean blessed in everything that you do. Blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed. Joseph got locked up, went to prison. But everywhere Job, Joseph went, where he put his hand on, Joseph was blessed. He ended up coming to, becoming the prime minister of Egypt. Blessed. Was his situation and conditions perfect? No, but God blessed him where he was. See, there's something about people that bless God that God just naturally put a hedge of protection around you because you understand if the devil had his way. Huh. I'm going to show you here in a second. We just read it, but let's, let's talk about this. But, but Satan was understanding. He was already looking. He'd already tried to, to destroy him, just like he's trying to do you and me. 
because he don't like us. And what's one of the first things he, he accused the brethren? The Bible says, is, first of all, that Satan is an accuser of the brethren. You know what Satan said? He says, and it's an old trick that he's been using for years. He says, well, let me, let me tell you something. He said, sure, Job, 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 following you, you blessing him and you protecting him. His, his, possession has incre- his, his possession has increased and he's a blessed man. But, but the only reason why he's following you is because of what you're giving him. The only reason why Job is loving you, going to church, worshiping you every day, doing this devotional, being upright, simply is because Job just liked the stuff that you're giving him. He don't really like you, God. He just liked what you're giving him. And it's the same lie today that the devil tried to put in the hearts of people, get people so possession-oriented about the stuff that we won't, we want what's on the master's table, but we don't want the master. How I many know God is looking for lovers of him? Amen. Job says, Satan says, he, God, he, you, you, you take his stuff, guess what? He ain't going to follow you no more. You take his car, take his house, take all his money from you, then see where he is. Then we'll really see who he is. So God said, okay. God says, okay. God said, go ahead. Now, for God to do that, first of all, understand, God wasn't mad at Job, right? Job hadn't did nothing wrong, right? Had Job sinned against God? No. It was because, watch this, it was because God was pleased with Job that God allowed Job, allowed Satan to attack him the way that he did. Now, I want you to understand something. Understand something. There's a couple things you got to get. First of all, Satan is accountable to God. Now, I think it was one of the presidents of our country. I want to say Roosevelt. Could have been Eisenhower. I don't know. One of them. But they used to have on their desk, the buck stops here. And uh, you know that with God, there's nothing that happened in your life and my life unless it first come through God's desk first. Now, I don't know about you. That brings me a lot of comfort. Because if I just felt like for a moment that things just happened and, and there was no record, if I just felt like a, for a moment that, I, that, 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 that this is just happening for not, I might give up. But to know what I'm going through, God had to first look at it and say, okay, I let that happen. He gave Satan permission to do what he was going to do to Job. Why did God give him permission? Because he was mad at Job? No. We already established. God was bragging on him. God said, ain't nobody like Job. God could trust Job. And God knew that Job loved him for him. But, 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 but we, we're not stepped there. Let's, let's, let's not stop there. But listen to this. Understand something. The minute that God gave Satan the green light, do you see how quickly he went to wipe him out? Did you, did you, did did y'all, when I was reading that, did y'all see that? Read that verse in in, uh, first, in, in uh, Joe 1, verses 6 through 22. Because what you see there, all of this stuff happening in the same day. 
He loses family. Ten kids. Ten kids. Every one of them died. All his money, and he was rich. All of it. All his employees, his staff, everything that he owned was taken away. It's like, it's like God just said, okay, go ahead. And he just went berserk, which goes to show that if it were not for the grace of God, oh, my God. I want y'all to thank me for a moment because I know sometimes we look at our situation and, and we don't like it. But if it could be a whole lot worse. Y'all listen to me? Because if Satan had his way, he would take you out in a moment. God had to tell him, don't, don't touch it. You would think that Satan would kind of work it in over time and torment him, right? And, and just kind of stretch it out a little bit. But he doesn't. Satan goes at him and within a day. And, and, and look, we know the end and beginning. We read the story. But the Bible says, think about it from Job. We can understand it in the sense that we, under, we can see the whole context. But put yourself in Job's shoes. I'm just living my life, and all of a sudden, I find out all my kids die. I, I, lost, all my, I lost everything. I, 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 I lost my family. I lost my I, I lose everything. And, and you know how it happened? It happened through the wind. You know, the Bible says that Satan is the prince and the power of the air. You know the scripture that talks about how he's a prince? And so, you know, tornadoes, wind. That's what happens. It's fire, tornadoes, lightning. Read it. It's just natural stuff that just happened. People try to, and I get mad when people call stuff an act of God. You know how the insurance companies do? You know, when stuff happening, an act of God. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. He says, if, if Romans 8 says, if God be for you, who can be against you? I love that verse because. It's it just God is with me. God is on my side. God wants me to succeed. He, he is there for me. God is not afflicting me. God is not coming after me. God is not. He, I'm not his enemy. I'm his child. I'm his son. He wants what's best for me. But you're no match for Satan if you want to play on his field. God knows it. Because when he got an opportunity, he snuffed out Job so quick, took everything within one day. And we talk about having a bad day. We say we had a bad day if I had to sit in the traffic for two hours in the air condition with my nice music. And we say that was a bad day. But try losing 10 kids in one day. Losing all your money, all your wealth, losing everything. You got nothing. All of it happened in one day. I can think of a lot of people probably be ready to hang themselves. So that's it. I got nothing to live for. And we won't read it, but if you read Job chapter number two, I'll read it in your spare time. Because Job's response was just like God said it would be. So then Satan comes back and he says to him and Job, I'll just paraphrase. God said, I told you, Job loves me because he, he loves me. Job ain't all about the stuff. Job don't need that to worship me. I can trust Job. Job really loves me. Job, and then Satan takes it up another level. He's okay, here's, here's what you got to do. Uh, afflict his health. Take his health from him. If you attack his body, he won't serve you then. 
So then the Bible says that Job was afflicted. God gave him, he allowed Satan to do it. He allowed Satan. God didn't do it. God allowed Satan to do it. And we'll talk about why in a second. Satan goes, and he afflicts him with, with burning boils, open sores, where it, get, where it was painful. And he would have to scrape his skin. And he had nothing. He got no family. He lost everything. And now he is terribly sick in his body. He's in pain emotionally and physically. This man went from being on the top to within a moment of time having absolutely nothing. And what was Joe's response? What was Job's response? Let's look at that verse again. I think it's worth reading. Job 1, verse verse 20 through 22. Then Job rose. He tore his robe, shaved his head. He fell to the ground, and he worshiped. And he said, naked I came in my mother's womb, and naked I will return. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this, Job did not sin nor charge God foolishly. Now look at Job. You're already in Job. Look at chapter number 2. Look at verse number 10. Now his wife, Job's wife, now she got at him. Because, you know, a wife sometimes would get on us husband. We know how that works. And she says, you just need to curse God and die. She's because if God was supposed to have been so faithful to you. Now, you can read it in your spare time. I'm paraphrasing. But, but you read chapter 2 of Job. It comes to a point his wife said, look, curse God and die. Because obviously, God has forsaken you. If he really loved you, he wouldn't let this happen to you. I mean, you're a godly man. You don't deserve this. Somebody else deserves that. Not you, Job. Curse God and die. You know what Job said? Job responds in verse 10, but he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. <laughs> shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? In all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. Now, let's, let's, let's look at Job's response. The first thing is Job grieved, right? Job grieved because he tore his robe. He was in pain. The Bible says to weep with those that weep. Rejoice with those that rejoice. One of the most precious verses in the Bible I love is two words. Jesus wept. And he knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, but he still cried because he saw the pain. And, you know, there are different feelings about it, but my interpretation, what I believe, is that Jesus was feeling the pain and the anguish of sin and death. It hurts. You know, I, you know, I, I can not know a person that's in a casket if I drove by and I saw other folks crying and I walked up. I don't know them. I may not be familiar, but when I see their pain, it's something in me that I want to identify with that because it can be me. You, you follow me. Uh, uh, we, have, we don't have a high priest, the Bible says, that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. So God expects us. God, it's okay to weep. It's okay to cry. Nothing wrong with that. Job did that. But, but you know, Here's the, so that's the first thing Job did. Job, he grieved. The, number, the second thing he did, he fell to the ground and he worshipped. Wow. Here's, here's, here's what you learn in life. You never learn or really know where you are in God until you put in the fire. You don't know 
what you're really made of. I mean, we can assume, we think, I mean, I hope that if I have to have a, a big trial, that, 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 that I'll, respond, I'll respond the way that, that I think will be pleasing to God. But in actuality, what you put in is going to come out of you when you're going through it. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because the first thing Job did after he lost everything, keep in mind what he lost. He got no answers. We know the end in the beginning. We know the full story. Job didn't know. He fell down on his face and he worshiped. He says, I'm going to worship God. He said, look, I came into this world with nothing and I'm going to leave with nothing. You know what? I'm going to give God the glory. Because he understood this. I'm going to tell you why he did. He just said it in the other verse. He says, will I accept the good and, the, and not the adversity? In actuality, anything good has happened in my life, he gave it to me anyway. The Lord gave. The Lord took it away. It's him. It's always been about. That's what we've been preaching about, right? Him. Because when you stay connected to him, it'll sustain you when things happen in your life that are not pleasurable. Job falls down and he worships. He continued to do what he had been doing, which is loving, serving his God. So much so that his wife said, you are out of your mind. You need to just curse God. Give it up. Give it up. I would imagine that she, because think about that. She, she, she's a wife. She's a woman. You know how ladies are about their kids. You know, you know, you know in general, I mean, we all hurt with our kids, but men too. But, but you know, as a mama, it's different. It's mama's. And she's saying, she's sitting here looking at him worshiping. He's over here praising God and all that stuff and doing what he's doing. And I lost my babies. We are broke. We don't have nothing and you're still talking to God. What's wrong with you, Job? Job, are you out of your mind? Job was so bold that he called her a fool. He worshiped. Thirdly, Job chose to be thankful. He chose to be thankful. He concluded that it was all God's in the first place. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, Be thankful in all things, for this is the will of God concerning you. In some things, give thanks. Is that what I say? Y'all can talk to me. It's okay. Everything. Say that again. Everything. Everybody, nice and loud. Everything. everything. Say it again, nice and loud. Everything. everything. He says, in everything. Now, does anybody need me to define everything? Give thanks. Well, I don't know what God's will is. But this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You remember the children of Israel when they were going through the wilderness all those years. The thing that bothered God most of all was that they weren't thankful. No matter how bad our situation may be, there's always something to be thankful for. Uh, 
Paul said to the Philippian church, he says, he told them to think on these things, whatsoever is good, whatsoever lovely, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is of a good report. He said, think on these things. We know what Paul was saying? Figure out something in your trial to be thankful for. Don't underscore how bad it is. Just talk about the goodness of God in it. Ah, gosh. Talk about God's goodness. It could have been this way, but God, God, he blessed, he sustained. Even in this trial, God, I give you thanks. Naked I came, naked I go. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul, forget not all his benefits. Psalm 34, 1. Bless, he said, the psalmist says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. He said, at all times. I'm going to bless him when I feel like it. I'm going to bless him when I don't. He said, from the, from the rising of the sun to when it goes down, his name is to be worshipped. And I have determined in my life to come hell or high water that I'm going to give God praise no matter what I'm going through. Because if it were not for his grace, I wouldn't even be alive, breathing air. Every every blessing that it is God's grace. If God did nothing else in any of our lives, how many of you would agree that he's done enough? He sent his son, which was our biggest need, and died for our sin. The most important thing of all is that he brought us into his everlasting kingdom. If he did nothing else, God, you blessed me enough. As I look back over my life, there's a lot of things that I don't deserve. And I know that because of his grace, I got that. Because of his grace, I can walk. Because of his grace, I can talk. Because of his grace, I live on 304 Clippership Cove. Because of his grace, I can drive to work every day. Because of his grace, I have a job. I can support my family. Because of his grace, I can think. I have my mind. It's because of his grace. Grace. Because I understand that if Satan had his way, he wouldn't let me live. And God says, okay, right here. You know, God has a limit. God says, okay, this is what I want. When God let things happen, God says, okay, I'm going to stop it right here. Because he says he's not going to let you go through stuff that you can't, you can't deal with. You see what I'm saying? He'll give you strength. And you, you got strength in your life you don't even know you had. Because God's going to draw it out of you. He's going to grace you. He's going to anoint you for the task that he called you to. That's blessing. Not that things don't go our way, but that I prosper in whatever I do. And the thing that God has called me to do, I prosper and I complete it and I do it. Listen, we got to move. We got to move. So Job was thankful. Now, what was God? Job, another point. I think it's number four. God, Job didn't blame God. You know why Job didn't blame God? Because he knew God didn't do it. Now, he knew God could have stopped it. Perhaps there was a little confusion there because you read the whole story of Job. If you read his 42 books, Job goes through an emotional roller coaster. Job is asking some questions, and Job's main complaint was, God, you ain't, you ain't talking to me. You used to talk to me about stuff. You ain't talking to me no more. 
You know, there comes a time in your walk with God that, that, that God take you through different levels. And there come points in time in your walk with God that, 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 that in order for him to take you to this level, he's going to have to put you to, through something, some things. Because he's trying to graduate you. He's trying to stretch you. Oh, this hurts. Can you imagine when you, if a plant could talk? I know I got a Japanese maple in front of my yard. If that bad boy can talk, it'd be screaming. Because I prune it, I'm cutting it. Bap, bap. Those nice, pretty red leaves every year, I cut them limbs off. And I can feel that tree saying, ow! And all my neighbors saying, why are you cutting that nice looking tree? Because I pruned it because I want it fashioned a certain way. Because I put it there with a specific purpose. I didn't want that tree to grow and be huge and cover up my whole yard so my grass won't grow. See, I didn't put the tree there for that purpose. I didn't drink out of that. I put the tree there because I wanted it to fit and I wanted it to grow a certain height. In other words, I had already predetermined how I wanted the tree to be. And when it starts being going outside of the parameter that I set, I start clipping. You know why? Because I know why I put it there. God is a God of purpose. You hear me? Do you hear me? God don't deal in accident. God ain't just jumping up and saying, oh, I didn't see that. Oh, God, I didn't know that was going to happen. Oh, come here, let me hug you. I had no idea. God says, if he's who he says he is, if your theology is correct, he know all that. So why did so God let him go through it? Can I have a few more minutes? Thank you all. I appreciate it. So why was, what was God's goal or perspective? Number one, God wanted to glorify himself through Job. How many of you have always prayed, Lord, use me? How many of you pray that? I once says, you're honest. I see that. She says, no. Be careful what you ask for. You remember we talked last week that your life is not your own. You've been bought with a price. You belong to him now. You're his. So when, so I say, God, use me. God, I want to be like Jesus. I think God have mercy on us sometimes because I don't think we understand the full impact of what we just said. Mm-hmm. Think about Jesus. Think about what he had to go through. Think about his character, how he responded, how he loved through it all. When they drove nails to his hand, he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. I might have been hanging up there saying, Lord, will you please get them, get me down so I can put my hand on their throat and choke them. God, burn them up. Send fire, God, and just destroy them. I don't deserve this. I came to help these people. I've, I've been healing people. I've been feeding them when they didn't have food. I've been giving them life. And here they're going to treat me like this. God, wipe them out. Jesus says, Father, he says, he said, forgive them, because they don't know what they're doing. They don't understand. They're lost, Father. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. Forgive them. God also, number two, the second point under what God's perspective or goal was, God wanted to use Job's life as an example of how we are to respond in a trial. You know, the Bible says that all scripture was given by inspiration of God, for reproof, correction, 
instruction that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished under good works. In other words, here's what the Bible say. That God was doing in Job what he's doing in all of our lives is that he wants to teach us how, number one, to be, want to be conformed to the image of Christ and how we are to respond because here's what he's saying. It's going to come knocking on your door. Okay, you don't believe me. Look at 1 Peter 4.12. 1 Peter 4.12. I think, I think she got the verse. Watch this. It says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened to you. Now start right there. Y'all see that verse? He says, in other words, don't be surprised of the fiery trial. I know one person here is going through a fiery trial, but how many other people are going through a trial? He said, he said don't be surprised. Because what usually happens when, when it happens to us? <clears throat> We're what? You know, the Bible is just tell you, it's just the Bible just speaks to you, doesn't it? He says, do not think you're strange. In other words, don't act surprised. Don't, don't think that like, like something's terrible. He says, but the fire child, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but watch this. Keep going. But rejoice. What did he say? Rejoice. He's already told you. He's giving you. He told you how to handle this stuff. He says, rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. Well, watch this. He don't stop there because it's not just about suffering for suffering's sake. That when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. In other words, when God bring about the, the low that you, listen, and what, God, what he's saying in that verse is the, 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 at your lowest point that you go, that will be to the same extent that you rejoice when he brings you out. Because when they want to build and construct a large building, they want to build something really, really big like Twin Towers, they got to go really, really wide. Low. The bigger the edifice, the lower you got to dig. Perhaps you're low because God is building something humongous in your life Amen. that is beyond your comprehension. What was God doing in Job again? To bring Job to a deeper level of trust and faith. God was bringing him to a deeper level. Job had a level of faith, but God was taking him someplace else. A whole nother dimension. Now, jump on over in conclusion. Jump on over to Job chapter 42. This is the last verse we're reading. We'll be done here in a second. But Job 42. Y'all reading Job? But look at this. Now, y'all remember that Job lost everything, right? Now, I want you to see this. Job chapter 42. Because we need to understand that God's, God's, God had always desired to bless Job. Even though Job went through all that, God had a different plan. God wasn't going to make Job just, no, God had a great plan for Job's life. Look at this. In Job 42, verses 12 through 16. Now the Lord blessed, watch this, the latter days of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. How do you know God gave it back? 
And he called the name of the first Jemiah, the name of the second Kezael, and the name of the third, I cannot pronounce it. Verse 15, in all the land were found no woman so beautiful as the daughters of Job. And their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. And after this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. So he died old and full of days. Now watch this. Then put some perspective in that. Now, when Job first had all the sheep and the donkey, I want all the donkeys, you know, he, he had a certain number. But I'm going to show you how God increased them. So, so he went from 7,000 sheep to 14,000 sheep. He went from three. Now, for them, that was their money. That's their, their raw money. That's, that's how they made money. You had camels, you had sheep. The more you had more money, you do more stuff with. Job went from 7,000 sheep to 14,000 sheep. 3,000 camels to 6,000 camels. 500 oxen to 1,000 oxen. 500 donkeys to 1,000 donkeys. And he had seven sons and three daughters all over again. And then the Bible said that his daughters were fine. Isn't that what it says? Said, boy, when people looked around, said, boy, there was nobody girls like Job's girls. Those girls, every man in the city was trying to get to Job's girls because they were beautiful. Now, is there any doubt what God was going with all of this with Job? Job got all that stuff back because it wasn't important to, that important to Job anyway because Job still worshiped. He went through some ups and downs, but he still gave God the praise. But God took him to a whole nother level of faith. How many know he's much stronger at this point than he was at the beginning? Amen. And there's another side of God that he would have never saw had he not went through what he had to. Every eye is closed, every head is bowed.